Stuff I Learned Yesterday, episode number 361, Friday Flashback. Welcome to Stuff I Learned Yesterday. I'm Daryl Darnell. I am now over halfway through with my complete X-Files series rewatch. And I believe that if you aren't learning, you aren't living. In today's episode of Stuff I Learned Yesterday, we're taking a look back at an episode about childhood. Well, greetings, salutations, happy Friday to you. And you know what today is? Today is Friday the 13th. Oh, yes. Is this a day that freaks you out? Or is it a day that makes you superstitious? Or... Is it a day that makes you want to put on a hockey mask and walk slowly through the woods? Well, no matter how you feel about Friday the 13th, or the movie, or movies I should say, here are some random facts about the Friday the 13th movie franchise, most of them about the original 1980 version. That movie was filmed at Camp Nobi Bosco. I guess I'm pronouncing that right. It's located in New Jersey, and the camp is still in operation. In fact, it has a wall of Friday the 13th paraphernalia to honor the movie that was set there. That original 1980 film had a budget of $550,000, and it grossed $39,754,600. One dollars. <laughs> That's a bit of a success. And this will tell you something about movie success. The filmmakers never intended to make this the launching pad for the series that followed. It was supposed to be a one and done movie. According to Victor Miller, Jason was only meant as a plot device and not intended to continue on, spoiler alert, his mother's grisly work. Yeah. He was an afterthought, and they were like, hmm, this did well. We should make more money. Uh, Jason's alive. Yes, let's do that. (laughs) Which is also why Jason didn't even have a hockey mask until the third movie. That's hard to believe, right? Because it's so iconic. But yeah, there you go. And lastly, composer. This is really cool, by the way. Some of you may know this. I just learned this like two weeks ago. All right, sorry. Composer Harry Manfredini's film score is meant to sound like young Jason's voice saying, kill, 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 mom, 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 kill, 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 mom, mom, mom. Yeah, inspiring her to go on this killing spree. Menfordini created the effect by speaking the syllables k and ma into a microphone and then running that through a delay effect. So pretty cool stuff. Facts about Friday the 13th. I hope that your Friday the 13th is awesome, by the way. I'm so glad that you've tuned in for today's episode. It's a Friday flashback episode, which means the mailbag is empty. or It usually means one or two things. Either the mailbag is empty or I'm traveling. In this case, it means the mailbag is empty, which I have to admit, I'm a bit surprised because for the month of November, we're asking for Friday Forum contributions to express gratitude or any regular Friday Forum contribution. We're not exclusively looking for gratitude, but I thought, you know, usually when I give a theme, we get more contributions and that has had the opposite effect this time. So 
Not sure how to feel about that, but I do want to encourage you to send in your Friday Forum contribution next week. Again, items of gratitude or otherwise, it doesn't matter. Things that you've learned, stories of things that you're learning, uh, you can do that by calling the Golden Spiral Media Voice Feedback Line at 304-837-2278 or head over to goldenspiralmedia.com slash feedback where you can typey-typey out that contribution into our form or use the SpeakPipe widget to record or just attach an audio file. It's so easy. You can't mess it up. Go over there, goldenspiralmedia.com slash feedback. Let's fill up the mailbag for next week and have some great contributions. All right, well, let's get into our Friday flashback for today. This is an episode that aired almost one year ago. In fact, if I were doing this next week, it would be have been like one a year and one day. It originally aired on November the 19th, 2014. It was originally episode number 178 of Stuff I Learned Yesterday. And I'm sharing this one today because it is an episode that received quite a bit of positive feedback over on our Facebook page and some emails that uh, that went around, even some tweets, I think, maybe. Um, just people really being able to identify it. It's an episode that Mark recorded, and it's called The Treehouse. Here it is. When I was a boy, I didn't watch much TV. It's not that the opportunity wasn't there. We had a TV room in our house, and I could use it whenever I wanted, but seldom did. There were times when the whole family would gather to watch something like the Disney Sunday night movie, but this was the late 70s, and other than Saturday morning cartoons, there really wasn't much of interest for a young kid like me on the 12 or so channels that we received. So to me, the summer months between school's end and the new year beginning was a time to spend outdoors. I'd get up early in the morning, shove whatever was available for breakfast down my throat, and I'd be out the door, rain or shine, meeting up with my friends for a fun-filled day of whatever our imaginations could come up with. Lunch would usually consist of some quickly eaten snacks at whoever's house I happened to be at during the noon hour, and I would continue until one by one our mothers would stick their heads out their front doors and call our names at the top of their lungs, indicating to me and my friends that it was time for supper. If I was lucky and my parents didn't have any plans, I could go back out again after supper and keep playing until shortly after dark. Now, during those adventure-filled days, I'd play cops and robbers, cowboys or pirates, and my favorite, of course, space explorers. I can't count how many cardboard boxes took my friends and me on far-off adventures to distant lands that only we could see. The whole neighborhood was our playground. Sure, there were a couple of houses with grumpy adults that would tell us to get off their yards, but for the most part, we would run and play from house to house, running through front yards, backyards, or whatever our fancy took us. As I got older, our adventures got grander. The small crescent street I grew up on had a park a few houses down, and behind the park was a small forest with a trail that ran through it to another neighborhood. I spent a lot of time in that forest, blazing trails, finding hidden clearings, and building more forts than I can count. The best times were when either my or one of my friend's fathers had some scrap wood we could use. We would cart it off into the forest, find a suitable tree, and build ourselves a tree fort. There were never anything more than a few pieces of wood placed between branches to give us a place to sit and watch out over our domain. But to us, they were castles, pirate ships, and of course, spaceships. Inevitably, since we weren't the only ones that played in the forest, our forts would be discovered and either be dismantled or commandeered by older kids, and my friends and I would be forced to find someplace else in the forest to stake a new claim. It was maddening, but what can I do? 
It was all part of being a kid. Fast forward to the early 2000s, and I'm a father with two young kids of my own living in a nice house on a semi-busy street surrounded by families with children of similar age to mine. Being responsible parents, my wife and I would encourage our kids to spend as much time as possible outdoors. They would play on the swing set, in the sandbox, or run around our fence backyard. Huh, fence backyard. You know, that's something I've never saw growing up as a kid. But in our new neighborhood, every house had a fence yard. Well, my kids would sometimes invite one or two friends to play in our yard, or they would be invited to play in someone else's, and eventually they'd get bored and want to go inside and watch TV or something. Sadly, my wife and I would inevitably give in and let them. I know how every parent thinks the same thing and wishes their children could have similar adventures to what we had when we were young, but with all the TV channels to choose from and electronic devices to play on, it's much harder to convince our kids that being outdoors is a good idea. In 2005, when we built our new home on the outskirts of town, an idea struck me that would push my kids to want to spend more time outside. My son was nine years old and my daughter was six. With so many trees in our yard, wouldn't it be wonderful to build them a treehouse to play in and have their own adventures? Something much better than the simple tree forts I had built as a kid. I told them about my idea and both kids were very excited. Now, since we moved into our new home in October, I thought it best to wait until spring to build the treehouse. But we picked out a tree together, cleared out a bit of brush around the area, as well as created a nice path from our lawn to the designated spot. Now all we had to do was wait until spring. As a stroke of luck, that spring my employer was having a new air exchanger installed and this massive unit was delivered on a huge solid wooden pallet. My boss let me take it home and this 9 foot by 5 foot piece of plywood with reinforced base became the floor of the treehouse. I decided instead of building fully around the tree, I would use the tree as one of the legs. With the help of my son, I cut out a circular shape the size of the tree on one end of the base and I bought three 4x4 posts to act as the other three legs. Firmly planting them in the ground, we managed to raise the platform into place six feet off the ground. Okay, I managed, but he felt like he was helping. We positioned it perfectly around the tree so that the trunk passed through one corner of the treehouse. Now, my son didn't feel comfortable standing on a platform six feet off the ground, so he helped me from below for a bit until he got bored and wandered off to play. So continuing on my own, I cut a square out of the floor next to the tree, and using a slightly larger piece of plywood and hinges, I made a trap door to allow passage in and out. I then built a ladder using 2x6 boards and inserting 2-inch round dowels for the rungs, carefully sanding each rung as so not to cause splinters. Hey, I was going for father of the year here, and splinters would not help my case. I positioned the ladder rungs close together to make it easier for my 6-year-old to climb and secured the ladder at roughly a 30-degree angle under the treehouse. With the floor now securely in place, I proceeded to build the walls. Now, I wasn't skimping here, nor was I building this with leftover scraps of wood like my childhood forts. After planning everything out carefully, I made a trip to Home Depot, and with supplies in hand, I continued on my masterpiece. I built the two main walls out of 2x3s with a large opening in the middle for windows, one on the front wall and another on the back. With the main walls in place, I proceeded to frame the two ends and started on the roof. I wanted as much room inside as possible, so I decided on a peaked roof that would allow a six-foot person to stand erect if they stood in the middle of the floor. I built the roof struts myself and used a 2x6 as the main support beam at the point of the roof. I extended this beam past the edge of the roof by a couple of feet and installed a pulley on the end with a rope. On this end of the treehouse, I framed in an opening where my kids would be able to raise and lower a basket to bring supplies up to their fort. How cool is that? Now, 
Using fresh plywood, I finished the outer walls and the roof. I then laid down some tar paper and installed shingles that I'd picked up on sale. Applying the shingles around the tree that poked through the roof was a challenge, but I found some old pool liner I had. I don't know why I had it since I'd never had a pool, but I used it to wrap around the tree and secured it to the roof before installing the shingles over it. It was the best I could do to try to keep the rain out. I then finished the soffits with more plywood to close off any openings. Now for the windows, I had found some plastic track at Home Depot that once installed allowed me to put two pieces of plexiglass on each side that would slide back and forth to open and close the windows. I then secured screen material on the outside of the windows in the hopes of keeping the nasty bugs out. On the side with the rope pulley, I put a solid door with hinges on the bottom so that my kids could swing it down out of the way and reach the rope and close it again when not in use. I found the treehouse swayed a bit on the three posts. So I took some spare plywood and secured it to two of the legs, creating a brace that stopped the sway. I planned to buy a chalkboard and attach it to this plywood under the treehouse protected from the weather so that my kids could write notes and draw treasure maps on. It had taken me all day Saturday and most of Sunday morning, but the treehouse was pretty much done. I still wanted to add some siding to finish it off, but I planned to wait until it came on sale. In the meantime, the treehouse was ready for use. My wife and I put in an old carpet and furnished it with a couple of folding chairs and an old TV tray table. My kids loved it. They spent the rest of the day up there, insisting we put their lunch and later their supper in the basket for them to hoist up and eat in their new treehouse. They even asked if the four of us could sleep in it that night, but since they had school the next day, we told them we could try the next weekend. I was the proudest father in the world. I had built my kids the treehouse I would have wanted as a child. Heck, if I had had this treehouse, my parents would have had to drag me out of it. I couldn't wait for all the adventures my kids would have in it. Unfortunately, the feeling didn't last. The next day after school, my kids came home and proceeded to play in their rooms like they always did. When I mentioned the treehouse, my son said he might go in it later, but he didn't. And my daughter didn't want to go in without her big brother. In fact, they didn't bring it up at all that week. When the weekend rolled around, I asked if they still wanted to sleep in it and their eyes perked up. They spent some time in it that day but when it came time to pull out the sleeping bags, they both said they'd prefer sleep in their rooms. I won't deny it. I was disappointed, but I wasn't about to force them. Over the next several weeks, they would go in the treehouse from time to time, but never for more than an hour. One day, they discovered some dead bugs on the carpet, and when I told them that it was normal and bound to happen, they were taken aback. It was one thing to see bugs in the backyard, but in their treehouse was unacceptable. They started asking me to check it for bugs each time they wanted to use it, and soon they just stopped asking altogether. They had completely lost interest in it. Over the next several years, they would sometimes use it, but only when friends came over and asked to see it. They would spend some time in it making all sorts of grand plans for what they were going to do, like putting up posters or painting the walls. But as soon as their friends were gone, so were their plans. All in all, in the eight and a half years since I built it, both my kids have probably been in the treehouse less than 25 times each. I never did install the chalkboard or put siding on it. With my kids' lack of interest, I lost the desire to finish it. My son is now away at university and my daughter just turned 15. This past weekend, I took down the treehouse. It took me four hours to completely dismantle it. All those years of missed adventures reduced to a pile of lumber. So what did I learn? No matter how many times someone says your child looks or acts like you, or how many times you see one of your behaviors in them, the truth is they are not and never will be just like you. As you've distanced yourself from your own parents, your children are doing the same to you. They don't call it the generation gap for nothing. I'm grateful for the small traits I've passed on to my children. My son has my sense of humor. He loves the same type of movies and TV shows as I do, even the ones from my younger days. 
Heck, he's probably seen Monty Python's Quest for the Holy Grail more times than I have. But our music tastes couldn't be more different. I was a headbanger in my teen years, and although I've tried to get him interested in ACDC, Led Zeppelin, and the likes, he prefers movie scores and classical music. We are both video gamers, but when I excitedly show him any of the games from my youth, he just chuckles at the graphics. Although I don't know why he laughs at the graphics for my games. I mean, I've seen him playing Minecraft. My daughter is an athlete and has an ease and grace on the field in whatever sport she plays that I could only dream of at her age. But she does have my artistic and creative nature. She also has my outgoing personality. In social situations, she's not afraid to strike up a conversation with a total stranger just because the mood hits her. In some ways, my kids and I are very much alike, but in many ways, we are very different. We agree on some things and disagree on others, just like everyone else. The treehouse was one we disagreed on. It took me many years to realize that I had built that treehouse for me more than for my kids. I put into it everything I would have wanted at their age. If I would have looked closer, I might have noticed that they were excited not at the idea, but because of my excitement. My enthusiasm got them worked up for the notion of the treehouse, but it wasn't ever something they really wanted. I do think in a way they feel bad for not using it more, because they know how much work I put into it and how much I wanted them to enjoy it, but in reality, that's my problem, not theirs. They had other adventures growing up, and I'm sure one day they'll tell their kids all about them, and the cycle will repeat. For those of you listening that have young children of your own, or are those hoping to one day start a family, remember to share your favorite stories from your youth with your kids. Teach them the lessons you learned, guide them through troubled times, but along the way, don't forget to let them loose. The paths they are following, the adventures they are having, and the memories they are forming, although different from your own, are just as precious to them as yours are to you. So make sure you get right in there and share some of the fun while making memories with them. But remember, this is not your childhood. You've already had your chance. It's now their time to be kids and have adventures of their own. I'm Mark Decote, and this has been Stuff I Learned Yesterday. Follow Golden Spiral Media on Twitter at GSM Podcasts and Facebook.com slash Golden Spiral Media. To subscribe to Stuff I Learned Yesterday, visit goldenspiralmedia.com slash subscribe. If you've enjoyed this episode of Stuff I Learned Yesterday, I'd be grateful if you'd leave a review in iTunes.